Yep. Right. We're back to the Missouri Valley Beat podcast. We're we're back again, and we're hoping to have basketball here in the next day or a few days for a few of us. But uh, I'm Wyatt Wheeler, and I'm the sports reporter with the News Leader, and I'm joined by some of the other guys who are hoping to cover games this week. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good, Wyatt. Good, Wyatt. Doing great. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of short on people this week as David Reynolds kind of makes his drive. I believe he's going to a bubble, hoping he can get some games in. We don't have a Drake guy right now, and the Golden Boy Todd Aaron Golden is uh, out today along with Chad, and they have to make some Thanksgiving papers. So we're we're the lazy ones not working right now, except for just talking basketball. But and we got Jim Benson on here for the first time. He decided to skip the last one after he blamed me for not not informing him that we were going enough. So how are you doing, Jim? Good, good. I had a better offer from another competing podcast, so I decided to join you this time. <laughs> we weren't able to hear just kind of an Illinois State preview in the last one. Uh, just kind of give us a rundown of the Redbirds going this year. Yeah, like every other really team in the Valley and, and, and probably the country, the Redbirds have had a lot of ups and downs uh, through the preseason. They, they've had a couple of COVID cases, most recently about a month ago, where they had to kind of shut down half the team for 12 to 14 days. So that kind of set them back. And then just as they were kind of getting back into things, Keith Fisher, their really best player probably, he was a third-team All-Valley preseason pick. He decided he was going to opt out of this season. Keith and his girlfriend had a daughter, and she was born right right after the Valley Tournament, the week after the Valley Tournament last year. And all the COVID concerns really kind of were weighing on Keith, and he was kind of mulling, mulling it over. Dan Muller said for a couple weeks, and he decided just out of an abundance of a caution, that he wasn't going to play this year and it probably ends his ISU career. He, he could technically come back next year, but I think Keith's about ready to move on with his life. So I think we've seen the last of Keith Fisher in our Redbird uniform. That's ISU's big question mark even coming into the season, I think really was their front line. Keith was the most experienced guy. The only other guy with really Division One experience was Abdu Ninjai. He started nine games last year, but didn't really play a heck of a lot in those games. But that was before this week now. They found out they have Cy Chapman, a transfer from UMass. He got a NCAA waiver, which they're, you know, giving out like Christmas Christmas candy or whatever, or Halloween candy, whatever you want to phrase it. So so he's eligible now. The thing about Cy Chapman, he's, he's, he's one of these guys who looks pretty good walking through an airport, six about 6'8", six, about 220, super athletic. And the guys I've talked to on the team said he can jump out of the gym. He's has doesn't seem like he's practiced real hard. And Dan Muller said he's got to earn minutes on the court. It's just not going to be handed to him. I did talk to Dan yesterday, and he said he's noticed size practice habits have picked up a little bit since he got the, the news that he could play this season. So we'll kind of have to see where he fits into the scheme. I'm not sure if he's going to play a lot at their two games at Ohio State. I would think he'd play a little bit, but he's a guy who I think could really help them, especially on the front nine without Fisher. But their strength is they, their, their guards are going to be their strength of the team. DJ Horn, Antonio Reeves are, are both back this season, both obviously main contributors last season. And, and the guy who I think is really going to kind of make a mark on the team this year is his name is Josiah Strong. He played his freshman year at Navy, and then he got out of that, just kind of decided military life wasn't for him, which, you know, who can blame anybody for that? 
in that he went to uh, Iowa Western Community College last year, had a great season. He's a 6'3", kind of a combo guard, and just a mature kid and all that. He played high school basketball with McKinley Wright in uh, Minnesota. McKinley is the big star at Colorado. Uh, it sounds like Josiah has really just kind of solidified that backcourt, so I expect that to be kind of the, the strength of the team. Is this, uh, I know they were picked low in the Valley. Is this a team that you see overachieving there? Because just people, I don't really know too much about Illinois State going into this year, and I'm sure a lot of others felt the same way. I, I think the, the overachieving for them would be not playing on the Thursday night play-in round. I, I just don't see how they can threaten the top four or five teams in, in, in the Valley this season. I, I think I, I think that the good goal for them would, you know, maybe get the sixth seed in the, in the Valley tournament. Yeah, that, I, I don't see much, I don't see them threatening at all, you know, the top five. Going through the different non schedules, I'm looking at Illinois State's four games right now. Is that how they, is that how they plan on sticking with, or are they going to hope to add some more? Hey, Wyatt, every time I ask about it, I'm told a couple more days, you know, a couple more days. It kind of sounds like what we hear now in uh, our society. Two weeks, two weeks, you know. <laughs> the health plan will come out in two weeks. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. Hey, who knows? I mean, yeah, they have nothing scheduled for, for next week at all. I mean, not, nothing, but I don't know who they're going to add. I would say, I would think if they add somebody, you know, it'd be maybe somebody like, you know, Lewis University, Quincy University, something like that. Yeah, I... I I don't know. You know, it, I, I, get, I saw the other day DePaul was looking for games now. You know, Illinois State's two and a half hours from DePaul. Well, can't, can't they hook up something? I, I, I don't know what the what the hang-up is here. Hey, Loyola's 15 minutes from DePaul. It doesn't play in DePaul this year, at least as far as I know. So, yeah. good luck with that yeah. one. Yeah, that's right, another exactly. One was, that's another one I was looking at. Loyola doesn't even have a website on their website. They're a uh, schedule on their website. What, what's going on there? Are they playing this year? <laughs> well, the last I talked to Bill Barron's, the SID, was everything still kind of up in the air. And then when Loyola had to shut down the program because of COVID, it's even more up in the air. So I really have no idea what's happening. We know, a, well, we knew a couple games. Obviously, the Chicago State game on December 9th is still on. That's on Chicago State's schedule. They're coming to Gentile Arena December 9th. That's it right now because the multi-team event with Cincinnati and Duquesne got canceled. And apparently there was a bye game December 4th that Porter told Andy Katz about. Don't know who the opponent was, but that had to get wiped out because of COVID protocols. So there's one game on the schedule right now. Let's <laughs> see. Like, the, do you guys feel like we should be playing? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it just feels dumb at the. No, no I'll tell you right now. No, I, I, I don't. This, this is insanity. I already wrote a column last night for our Thursday edition. Since the Illinois State game won't be getting in our Thursday edition because of early Thanksgiving deadline, which is in about two hours, I think. But but I, I think this is total insanity. I think what they should have done, the NCAA should have stepped in and said, we're going to send everybody home for Christmas, blah, blah, blah. We'll resume practice January 1st. Season will start late January. Conference games only. And we're going to have May Madness instead of March Madness. This, this is total insanity, Wyatt. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. Like even on the women's basketball side, we found out that UNI is playing at Iowa for their season opener tomorrow. We, we didn't find out, we got less than a week notice on that. When do you get less than a week's notice on an in-state rivalry game for basketball? Absolutely crazy. And then going back to last week, uh, at this point last week, I thought I was going to Lincoln, Nebraska to cover a multi-team event. 
And then within a day, you and I ends up going to Sioux Falls. And now they're playing Western Kentucky, who is also going to be in that Lincoln event. And that Lincoln event pretty much folded. That's supposed to be a 16-team event. And, and uh, now we find out at the last minute, VCU is going to take uh, Wichita State's place in Sioux Falls. And they're just boarding a plane and going to Sioux Falls on, you know, on a whim. So absolute insanity with, with travel and everything that's going on. And you have to wonder how this is in the, the best interest of these college athletes. And you added before we started recording, I mean, just for your own job, that they made some changes like yesterday or previously that would have- Yeah, for media. Be in the arena to, for media-wise. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, originally, you know, they are gonna have a setup where, where they had uh, limited media spots and then an overflow, which was in the media room. So I could have gone down to Sioux Falls and watched a game on a TV in the media room and then did post-game interviews over Zoom or just covered it remotely from home, which is what I elected to do. So it, it, it is a, just a crazy process really this season. And Jim, are you covering your games remotely too? Yeah, I, I'm going to, that was kind of my own decision. And I, I think it's the insanity part like we're talking about. And, and just to kind of be safe, I, I think I'm gonna stay here until the Valley, uh, the Valley season rolls around. And, and basically, like you said, <coughs> the only, uh, thing it affects is December 11th at Ball State right now for Illinois State. I, I don't think they're going to play any other away games. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bunker here in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah, there we go. Let's see. Mute them real quick. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, it just, there we go. Hey, that's good. Yes. Hey, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yo, that's a, that's a, I had to use my wife's computer, but whatever. Now you look, you're not purple anymore. Who knew? <laughs> but yeah we were just going out we were just talking about some of the scheduling stuff and i mean you're you are uh, you only have three games on your schedule right now just kind of how's that outlook look like for you right at the moment the, the only thing i can tell you that you guys don't already know is that they're going to try to play a non-d1 i i wrote a column this weekend i think they should try to double up every game that they've got uh, was only 45 minutes away that's where they're supposed to start next uh, Wednesday, I believe. Then they're hosting two games. Southern Mississippi is about a six hour drive, I wanna say, and Nichols State is about a nine hour drive. So they're coming, both coming to Carbondale. So I don't have any other news on their schedule other than they're trying to get to SEMO. The women's team is supposed to play at home Wednesday night. So that's exciting. I may actually get to see that game. So I'll get to see them at least play in November but I was supposed to be in Louisville right now. <laughs> so here we are hoping that they get to December 2nd and, and play Brad Korn's team. But I, I think that, I think they're going to hold a game back or two. I don't know if a lot of teams have done that, but I think they're definitely, how could you not? I mean, watching what's happening now every day, Wichita state got all the way to their destination and then they tested positive. So you, we have so many schools. I'm surprised SLU, you know, hasn't reached out to them or they didn't get into the Illinois tournament. I thought SIU was a good candidate for that. But I, I think it's wait and see. I think it's just going to be like a baseball schedule. We're going to have these three, but in the middle of December, they may say we're going to play this team in two days and, and have to plan for it. So it's kind of exciting, but that's one thing I like about basketball is they always had the schedule you could plan for, and now we have the exact opposite. So I think it's kind of been dealing with that. Are you guys all without fans in the arena? Yeah, no fans, men or women. Doesn't look like that for the foreseeable future. So who who besides Indiana State said said yes and then said no again? 
Is that how, is that correct? I believe it turned around like Drake, Drake did the same thing. Family only, I think something was in there. Uh, I know Drake decided to pause. Missouri State's got almost 4,000 coming. Supposed to be Friday, Saturday with a limited capacity. Is there is there still the quarantine in Chicago, guys? The 14 day going in and out of Chicago? Self-quarantine? I'm not sure what Chicago's at right now. I haven't, they, they took the briefings off TV. The only way you can watch them is on the internet. And usually I just don't feel like breaking out my computer to watch it. So I'm really not sure. I know there's still travel orders in place in Chicago, but I can't remember what exactly the parameters are on it. They just put they just put in a new stay at home, not really an order, but advisory, correct? I think that's- Yeah, there's a stay at home advisory in Cook County and Chicago proper. And the entire state's in tier three, which is just no bars and restaurants and et cetera, et cetera, no large gatherings. But as far as the stay-at-home advisory, it's not an order, but basically if you don't have to leave the house, don't. I mean, that's different. I'm down in Livingston County. There's not many people here. So like we can, we're not under the advisory, but I know Chicago is, it's not lockdown, but it's just basically stay home if you can. And I know Loyola's not doing fans, they're doing cardboard cutouts. Do you have yours? No, I'm not paying that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> How much for that? Illinois State's, Illinois State's no fans, dude. Cardboard cutouts. Where are you, Nick? I think Northern Iowa, last I, I heard, was planning to do fans in, in a limited capacity. But I would be surprised if there's more than... I'd be surprised if there's fans by, by their, their opener against Green Bay on, on December 12th. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, just as everything just sounds so crazy and dumb. And Nick, we had some, we kind of had some breaking news from Northern Iowa right before we came on. Just uh, how's that going to impact the Panthers playing in Sioux Falls? Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge for them to start the season. Uh, Trey Burhow, who, who is their powerful, he, he play, pretty much plays a, a stretch four for them. Probably one of the most accurate three-point shooters on, on the team. He is out due to COVID protocol, so that's going to slide Noah Carter probably into that starting four spot. He saw some minutes as a freshman and was actually the, the most efficient scorer on their team last year, but only averaged about eight minutes a game. Has really been working on his conditioning to, to try to play longer stretches, so it's going to be a big load on him early trying to, to fill the, the void of, of Trey Burhau. And then Taiwan Pickford will probably slide down to the three. And then you're looking at, you know, Antoine Kemmins or, or uh, one of two true freshmen uh, starting alongside A.J. Green in the backcourt. So they're going to really be shorthanded on depth going into the tournament. You, you know, Jim mentioned the, the waiver process. Uh, you and I actually had a forward there looking to be able to play Gonar Mar, a transfer from George Mason, who would definitely uh, would have fit in nicely now. He's a guy that that uh, can kind of fill that Isaiah Brown uh, defensive role and, and his wage waiver was not approved so they had to appeal that through the NCAA. I haven't heard back yet on, on Gonar's status but but really you and I looking, looking at maybe like a, an eight-man rotation here to start out the season with, with three consecutive games so it'll it'll be really interesting to see how things look against a really good Western Kentucky team tomorrow that was picked to win Conference USA so so they're, they're going to be challenged right off the bat here without uh, Trey Burrow. Seemed like their schedule was able to get them a little bit of money in Northern Iowa. Yeah, they're able to get a, a game at Wisconsin to buy a game, so that's going to help out. They're going on the road, and, and that's a home-and-home home with Richmond, which will be a really good series. Uh, the Atlantic 10 favorite, 
and then they have to return a game out out east as well at oh what's the school i'm drawing blanks on it now and there another one in oh uh is it marshall they have to return a game out east so they put together a pretty good schedule. They've got a lot of road trips. Their only home game right now is Green Bay, and then I think they're going to play a couple non-D1 schools if they can get the testing protocol lined up for that. They don't have anything on their schedule for next week yet, so I'd anticipate maybe one game pops in next week. Otherwise, I don't know where they're going to fit it with a Valley play scheduled to start here after Christmas based on what we heard last week. Yeah, and welcome, Paul. Happy to have you here, buddy. I'm thrilled. Uh, so Lodic just finished talking to the media, me and a couple other guys, and then and then I'm going to do some player interviews here in the next 20 minutes or so. So I figured I would jump in, see you beautiful people, say hello, and answer any, you know, talk about Valpo in any way that I can during the, the brief time I can be on here. I thought you'd get on here and start bragging about the Packers or something like that. Man, it is basketball season. We don't. I I live in Indiana, and the and the Packers just lost to the Colts. And if I if 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 I find what are you doing? You know, who am I? <laughs> if if I ever meet a Colts fan, I will give them props for that game. But I've actually never met a Colts fan before. I don't. I don't. My know. fourth grade teacher is a big Colts fan. I went to a Monday night football game there a couple of years ago, and it was a one possession game with five minutes left, and they're filing out of the stadium. <laughs> I'll be there Friday night, state uh, state final football game at Lucas Oil Stadium. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find a couple of those turnovers and give them back to the Packers. It seems like you have a lot of stuff to cover. Are you gonna get the? Are you gonna be able to go to Vanderbilt? No, unfortunately not. And I thought about you know I they're doing we're doing Zoom interviews after the games. And while I do think there's value to being there, it's a six-hour drive. And um, all right, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step out for a second here. This is the coach there call. You go. Be back. There you second. go. Yeah. Must, must not have liked his question. He, uh, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, the thing. he is in and out like the celebrity today. <laughs> I want to hear. Let's see. Dave Reynolds tweeting that good health is a factor for his Bradley, as like it's said he set for its season opening tournament at Xavier. Now they got Toledo, Xavier, Oakland to start out in a bubble. Judson, wherever that is. St. Joseph, South Dakota State, Jackson State, Miami, Ohio. And they stole that Mizzou game from Missouri State. So he was actually able to go to these places. And Dave is not going, by the way, to Xavier. He's not going? No, we were texting back and forth yesterday. He, he kind of decided like the rest of us, it's you know just not kind of worth the risk right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like it, I, I sent you guys the Missouri State in person guidelines, and we thought we were going to have a photographer on the floor, getting tested for getting tested for COVID, and then just being and, and then like I'd have a seat and being able to be there and everything. But they booted the photography space on the floor for some reason. And now they have to shoot from the stands, and I'll be in. The, I'll be in the little wedge up there, deep in the corner. It's it's changed within the last forty eight hours. Just changing in even media protocols. I know. I, I was wondering, like at Illinois State, they put you guys in that pretty uh, pretty bad spot way up there on the concourse, but they probably keep you up there now still, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're going to actually move a little bit because of the loge boxes that they have for, for the for the donors, they're not going to use those. So we're going to probably be more towards center court this year and 
they're actually moving the radio people all you know both radios upstairs also and we've been told as far as photography they're not going to really allow our photographer to, to take photos this year they're going to they'll supply us photos uh, of the game and all that and that's just for player safety and it's also really for the photographer's safety a little bit too you know yeah, our photographer he's a 66 year old guy so you know i I, I think it's a caution is the best thing right now. But yeah, I, I actually think for us, you know, when you guys come to Illinois State, we'll actually maybe be toward more midcourt than behind the basket. So actually, that'd be better for us. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's uh, the, the funny, like, the, they have radio still on the court. They're testing my, the guy I do a radio show with daily, daily in the afternoons. And they're going to have him on the floor. They're going to test him for games. So on Friday, we're going to actually do a show from the arena where he's going to be on the floor. And then I have to be up on the web doing it. So we're going to be like 50 yards away from each other, waving back and forth like, no, it's your turn to talk, my turn to talk. And it's just going to look goofy. Uh, talking to each other clearly through the through 50 feet 50 yards away but it's, it's just insanity and i and i know illinois state's radio crew right they're, they're not going to ohio state either they're actually gonna call the uh, game off the tv feed from the hancock stadium press box Man. Mm. i'd rather be far away though i, I don't want to be you know on the floor and and test positive and not even know and be the only one and put everybody in quarantine I'd actually rather be far away in my own little corner. They're keeping us on the concourse from what I understand. They're letting our photographer go, but he's got to shoot from the stands, which shouldn't be a problem for him. He won't have the same angle, obviously, underneath the basket, but I think that's the best they can do right now at SIU, at least. They're not going to let Les Winkler in, are they? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even think he cares. He's playing more golf than anything right now. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we'll, hopefully we'll see him. I don't know. He's <laughs> anywhere. I mean, he's, when I called him, he's always home in the grocery store and maybe the golf course. That's about it. I do like his bird photos on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, what do you make of your non-conference schedule? Man, well, it's, it's, it's 1030 Central on Tuesday and Valpo's second game of the year is currently TV. They were going to play Trinity International. Then they shut down their program for two weeks, or, or, or maybe longer. Then they were going to slot in Trinity Christian, which would have just confused people more than anything else. That's not going to happen. You got to get a third. Tri- got to get a third Trinity. In <laughs> yeah, there. You well, Trinity that would be out. a joke. Is, I mean, the Trinity is, uh, and so they're looking somewhere else right now. But the complicating part is that this game on Sunday, which is would be Valpo's home opener is part of this UIC MTE. So any game that they sign off on has to go through the paperwork and the contract for the UIC MTE. Whoever Valpo plays, I think, is then going to play UIC as part of this. And then you've got the city of Chicago and all of the, it's a friggin' mess, right? Valpo's going to open at Vanderbilt on Friday. They're going to take two buses down there. They just this morning had a PCR COVID test they can't get on the bus to leave until they get the results back. They thought they were going to leave at one tomorrow. They probably can't leave till three or four. They're taking two different buses to socially distance. It's a seven hour drive. 
Man, it's crazy. Looking at the rest of the non-conference, it's pretty color by number. Uh, a lot of return games, one way or the other. Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, they're gonna they're gonna host Eastern Michigan. Go to Central Michigan. Return games of last year. SIU Edwardsville is a home game. They went to Edwardsville last year. You know, so there's there's a lot of that that kind of just return stuff there. Adding Purdue is great. Matt Painter, I give a lot of credit to him. He plays in-state teams. I think Mike Bray and whoever IU's coach is should probably take a, a line from that. What's that? Archie Miller. Yeah, according to IU, according to the NCAA, maybe not much longer. But at Toledo is uh, is another game that is a return. So getting some of these MAC teams in there, they've got three MAC games in a row. What's interesting, and I think this is probably for the same for the schools that you guys cover, the first 17 games of the year that Valpo plays will be held without them being in class. And that is a dream for coaches, right? To be able to have all of that practice time. Obviously, you put that against a global pandemic where you could get shut down from practice at any time, and it could be a bit of a, a crazy winter here. But, you know, Valpo's got some opportunities. They start at Vanderbilt. They're going to have a game at Purdue, a couple games against Mac schools, a couple non-D1s, pretty color by number for a non-conference schedule. I was wondering with everybody, Dan Muller told me he's definitely going to send his guys home for Christmas, and I know why, and I've, I've read where Dana's kind of said the same thing. I was told like in September, the guys weren't gonna you know, be going home for the simple fact that they keep everybody safe. And now if they're gonna send these guys home, I I, I think that's enough, that's, that's you know, rolling the dice there, isn't it? Jim, I, I think it's way too early to to figure out. I mean, I mean, we don't know what's gonna be like on yeah. Friday, let alone a month from now. I'm not sure Valpo's plans on this. I do know that their last game is on the 19th, and then obviously we don't know when the conference schedule is going to start yet, right? I mean, we—I mean, they said after Christmas. Does that mean the 30th, like they were going to—they were going to do before? Does that mean they're going to try to do the 29th and 30th or whatever? But you know, I—I I mean, I think it's important to go home for the holidays. But I mean, read read everything out there. Don't go home for Thanksgiving is what they're telling everybody. I think you might see. Uh, you know, a lot of gift exchanges, uh, passing PS5 games around to each other in Christmas and in the team room or something this year. I did want to expand on that. The Valley schedule was the big news of last week. It seemed inevitable that they were going to do something like this. But you see John Rothstein reporting that Saturday, Sundays are what they're looking at for the Valley schedule this year. Just how are you guys feeling about that? And what do you anticipate from everything? I think it's going to be be tough for a team to get through the schedule with, you know, less than four losses. I, I think you're going to have a lot more parity playing back-to-backs, but it'll be interesting to see how that, that turns out when you have a, you know, if you have a blowout on the front end, if, if the second game will be more competitive, how, how depth, I think depth will be really important. The teams that can go 10 deep, you know, might have an advantage. And I know there are games last season, you know, where you and I played at starters, extended minutes, even with the lead, because they're trying to you know, impress, keep that Kim Palm rating and all that stuff up. So you wonder, you know, if that's going to change how coaches uh, coach within a game, knowing you have to see somebody the next day. But I, th- I think the real key test is going to be how teams perform on, on the second uh, day of, of a back-to-back. And that's I'm probably going to decide the conference championship. I'm fascinated by who is going to host whom. And, uh, you know, you look at, at Loyola and Northern Iowa, someone's going to be the host of two games and that could be enough to swing this whole thing. Bradley, I mean, I, I cannot wait for the schedule to come out and for a Bradley fan to feel slighted 
by who who's the home team or anything like that, right? I mean, it's going to be, yeah, that that's what I'm looking forward to. Obviously, Nick, I think you bring up a great point. How do you coach up your guys if you win by 30 the first day? They're going to sleepwalk into the game and get, you know, I talked to a coach in another league about a month and a half ago when their league was considering doing three games on a Thursday, Friday, Sunday. And he said, we're either the smartest people in the room or the dumbest people in the room. And it seems that most leagues have moved to this kind of idea of let's at least do a, a segmented schedule. I think it'll be fascinating to see in the Valley who hosts who and how much will that impact the, the conference race. Yeah, I don't really like Saturday, Sunday, just because I want to watch football on Sundays and <laughs> we'll get in, we'll get into the I mean playoffs and I mean there's gonna be basketball colliding with the NFL playoffs for Saturday and Sunday the entire year. And I mean you still gotta factor in I mean women's basketball. I mean it's, it's I don't know if they both travel together, play the same teams, but we know the travel partners just based on what women's basketball has done in the past. Whether I mean it's Missouri State, Southern Illinois down here, but it's it, just seeing how some of those records are. I mean, our team's going to want to travel to JQH Arena and play in front of three thousand fans, and I feel like, and I know like I've I've seen Illinois State's fans have tweeted at me saying, "Oh, I can't wait to drive down to Springfield, Missouri, to like to watch a game this year." because that might be my only way. And I, I think that might be a trend for a lot of people to trying to get down here and steal some tickets from Bears fans who aren't using those tickets. And I mean, the capacity is actually, the capacity for this season is actually higher than what their average attendance was a year ago. And I actually think we actually, we could probably actually wrap this up now. There's a minute 30 left on this recording because of how they have this set up, but I'm interested to see how your guys' seasons go and start out, but it seems to be a nightmare. I, I think I don't feel more confident after going through this than I did going, but if any of you have any parting shots in the last minute, take them. I was just wondering for Nick Schultz and uh, Todd, w w when are your teams going to start practicing again? We'll start on the 27th, so that's three days. Uh, so that's a little over two weeks from Wednesday. So I guess that's Thursday. So. They're Friday. On. Friday. Friday is Friday. Okay. Friday. I know that so with Loyola shutting down last week, I saw Porter told John Rothstein that looking like the twenty seventh will be starting return to practice protocols and from there the two weeks will be up into December. So right now it's kinda of up in the air just because they had sixteen out of seventeen guys test positive. Holy so. mackerel. Oh. Yeah, 16 out of 17 players, four out of six coaches. So well, they won't have to worry about it. To practice. Yeah, they won't have to worry about Tell it in two weeks. It. Everybody will be out of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and to... So that's a positive way to end this. But good seeing you guys' faces <laughs> and watching we'll you soon. Appreciate you. Thanks, Wyatt. Take care.